Hockey Minds podcast. This podcast is powered by My Hockey Resource and Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and or scouting services. For more information, visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at Instat Hockey. Today I'm joined by Dustin Korolak, assistant coach with the Trail Smoke Eaters. Having played his way to Europe, Dustin came back and has seen consistent progression throughout the junior ranks while supplementing that with some other unique opportunities. For those looking to get a start and find their way in the game, you'll be able to relate to Dustin's story and learn a lot in the process. So with that, here's Dustin Korlak, assistant coach with the Trail Smoke Eaters. Recently, we've been able to take in a lot of sports between hockey, basketball, and the Super Bowl. But UFC is still moving along, and two of the sport's most respected fighters step back into the octagon this weekend to compete for the welterweight title. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. You just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit, eligibility restrictions apply, and see DraftKings.com for details. Today in the podcast, we're joined by Dustin Korlak. Assistant coach with the Trail Smoke Eaters. Dustin, thanks for joining the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me on, Ryan. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to have you on as well. Uh, being a coach in the BCHL, it offers a different perspective uh, for listeners and coaches throughout the podcast. So we can really dive into junior, some of the things that you guys are going through this year, and just your career as a whole. So let's get right into it. Maybe start off by talking about yourself, talking about your upbringing, playing sports in your early years, and just give us a little bit of background on who you are. Yeah, so I'm from uh, you know a small town Manitoba, about 40 minutes uh, north of Winnipeg, uh, called Stonewall. Uh, so I was born and raised there, grew up there, played all my minor hockey out there, um, and then you know on to midget from there as well. And uh, and yeah, so you know small town, like I said, um, one of those towns where you know like everybody kind of knows everybody type of thing. So I kind of grew up playing with the same group of guys from the age of, you know, five, six years old till 15 going on in midgets. So, um, you know, it was really good for me being that kind of atmosphere, play with those uh, same guys growing up. I think that really helped me my career, um, you know, later on and, and uh, really good, uh, you know, home life growing up. My mom and dad were very supportive of me and, and hockey and uh, the dream I wanted to pursue. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely um, interesting to go back and, and listen to people's experiences growing up and Hockey was definitely a part of your upbringing and, and something that you want to pursue. And while a lot of people maybe don't get to the point where they can uh, move into some pro and junior and things like that, you were ultimately able to do that as a player. So 
maybe just walk us through the next steps of your playing career and uh, take us on the journey of going to Germany, Netherlands, Belgium, some of these places and the experiences that you had. Yeah, so I ended up playing uh, four years uh, in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League. Had a you know very successful four years there. Um, ended up playing on some pretty uh, strong teams. Um, and then after my four years in Manitoba Junior Hockey League, I had the opportunity to uh, head overseas to Europe. Um, ended up playing uh, three years over there in Germany, uh, Netherlands, and Belgium. Um, I had two unbelievable years in Germany. Uh, putting up some pretty good numbers over there and and then uh, heading over to uh, you know that Netherlands Belgium league my last half a year to kind of finish up my playing career there um, unfortunately I ran into some injuries where you know I had to end it but uh, it was an unbelievable experience going across the pond um, at such a young age I went over you know as soon as I graduated junior so I was 20 um, and I went over there and, and had a tryout with the team and kind of went over there and, and made the team and and uh, the rest is history, but um, sure eye opening for, you know, a young 20, 21 year old to go over there, you know, new culture, um, new, you know, language, everything, um, and to kind of get absorbed in it. Um, I, I, you know, I cherish those moments now. Um, as I, you know, I go through my coaching career and, you know, I like to share a lot of those memories and a lot of those things I went through with players now and, and uh, great experience for me. Yeah, anytime that you can uh, travel the world as a player, I think it's a uh something that you you want to take advantage of and coaches like to do the same things we've had coaches who have had great careers or or going up through the minor hockey system in North America and and definitely took advantage of the uh, the opportunity to maybe try a unique position whether it be with a national program or a tier three national program or or moving into Germany in these kind of places for you after you became a player over there and had some success and you said your injuries came into play then you decided to stay in the game and move into coaching ultimately coming back to manitoba and coaching as an assistant coach in the junior league uh, how did you make that decision to move back into coaching and walk us through the process of joining that team and what you learned in year one yeah so after i finished playing like i said you know injuries kind of put a quick end to it um actually i stepped away from the game for about uh three years um, just kind of needed that time just to step away and just kind of really find myself and see what I really wanted to do with my life. But, you know, once a hockey player, always a hockey player and, and kind of had that itch to get back involved, get back into it. So I thought, what way can I get back involved? And coaching was one of it, like one way. And, uh, you know, when I heard the Dauphin Kings, they were looking for an assistant coach. Um, I jumped at the opportunity. They have a lot of history in that organization, great organization. They've been around for a long time. Uh, you know, they're one of the top programs in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, and that attracted me. Um, so, you know, I applied for that position, uh, ended up getting it, made the move out to Dauphin, uh, which is about, uh, it's about a four-hour drive from Winnipeg. Um, so I made the move out there. I was freshly married uh, to my wife, so we sold everything we had in Winnipeg and, and uh, you know, made the step to go out there. And it was an awesome experience to kind of jump into coaching and get my feet wet. Um, especially, you know, coming from a player to a coach, um, it was a pretty big adjustment. I learned a lot that first year um, from a player to a coach. It's, it's, it's totally different. So I got to see the game in a different uh, lens and, you know, learn the game in a different lens. Um, and I think that's helped me now in my career. Uh, I'm getting in there, you know, right out of playing uh, to learn those uh, key points uh, to help me now in my coaching career. Yeah, most definitely. And a lot of times when people will make that transition from a player to a coach, it occurs at the minor hockey level. So being able to jump in uh, with a junior team and 
a team that we've mentioned previously on the podcast with some other guests, such as Mitch Shagir. Um, yeah. It's always interesting just to hear uh, how that experience went and kind of the things that you learned in year one. And um, you also made the point that it is very different, you know, just because you saw success as a player, it's uh, you know, a, a very different uh, dynamic that you have to come into and you kind of have to retrain yourself in, in how you approach the game and, uh, you know, being on the bench as opposed to being on the ice. So a number of great points that you made there uh, that gave us a great look into that first year uh, as a coach. Moving on from that, your next step would be still in that same league, but moving over with the Wolverines and this time taking on the role as a scout as well as an assistant coach. Uh, maybe break down why you took this move and uh, some of the differences in the position and then ultimately talk about adding that scout role as well in the uh, the next couple of seasons. Well, the reason I made the move was, you know, Weiwei was going through uh, like a rebuilding year. Um, so I jumped at the opportunity because I wanted to take a, you know, like a look at like a bigger role. Um, so yes, I was still in that assistant coach role, but I also took on the position as a head scout and I was also their director of hockey operations. Um, so it made me learn a lot on the business and management side of, you know, that hockey end. Um, and, you know, like, I think that helped me grow as a professional um, and as a person. It put me out of my comfort zone um, in different areas where, yeah, like I wasn't really, you know, like familiar with before. Um, and it helped me develop. Um, and like I said, you know, before to this day, that has really, you know, made me into who I am now. Getting out of my comfort zone at such an early age. At that time, I was, that was my second year of coaching. And, and uh, like I said, it um it's good for me to, you know, take on all those uh, roles at, you know, at such a young age um, and, and embrace it all and, and to kind of run with it and kind of had the freedom there, um, kind of help, you know, build a team, build a winning culture there. Um, and now, you know, like looking back, you know, like I said, that's really helped me and um, I've been out of there now for uh, this will be, uh, I guess, going on four years and um a lot of those players that I did recruit there and, and, you know, the trades that I did there, they ended up staying there and, and they've had some success. And now Weiwei is one of the top programs in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great to hear that the team had success. And uh, that's a great point you make about going into a program where you maybe have a little more flexibility. And uh, like you said, they're in a rebuild and obviously getting those extra roles, um, you know, added to your title. But that's a thing that a lot of people will talk about maybe going into internships or early in coaching careers like you, you had there. It's, uh, you know, looking for those positions where you're maybe not locked into one thing. Uh, for example, as an intern, you often don't want to be just one type of intern. You like to just be the team's intern if you can, or a hockey operations intern, just to get your hands in different areas and, and learn those skills. Because ultimately at the end of the day, everybody has a goal to move on to that next level. And, and you want to have the ability to, gain the things that you want at the current level to move on to the next level while also helping the team. So just kind of the way that you approach that position and, and the thought process, um, it definitely, uh, you know, made sense from a standpoint that you were looking to improve overall. And uh, in the process, like you said, the team did ultimately get better as well. So that's always yeah. a positive. Yeah. Moving on to the next opportunity, uh, it's a little bit different, but you were able to scout for a team in the Elite Hockey League, and uh, that's across the pond. And, and there's a little bit of a, um, you know, not something that you see every day uh, when going through people in junior hockey in Canada. So maybe just break down that opportunity and how you got started uh, in that scouting position, and then just walk us through the entire experience. Yeah, so scouting and recruiting has always been like a strength of mine. And that year that I took, you know, all those roles with Weiwei, I was also a scout with ISS Hockey. Um, and yeah, like I really wanted to kind of 
get back over to Europe and, you know, find a way to get involved in European hockey. So um, I actually hooked up uh, with the Coventry Blaze, and that was a team I was scouting for over there, um, and their head coach, Danny Stewart. He's a Canadian. Um, he's been over there, you know, had a long playing career over there and he stayed and coached and um, me and him kind of went back and forth on emails. And, you know, he was explaining to me how he was kind of looking for a guy over Canada to kind of help have an eye on some players kind of like the ECHL and the U Sports League um, and, and in our leagues over here. So jumped at the opportunity um, and able to help him and, and find guys over video or going to watch live games. Um, so I jumped on that and uh, currently I, you know, I'm still helping them, but uh, you know, due to COVID this year, um, the league is, has been shut down and, you know, they had to take this year off. Uh, so this year has been kind of slow, you know, like on that point, but over the past couple of years, you've helped them find, you know, top free agents coming out of the U sports league in Canada, uh, which is a great, uh, you know, league. And there's a lot of guys who graduate from there on to pro um, same with guys who have played five, six years in the East coast league that are looking you know, make the jump over to Europe. Um, so I'm kind of in the hunt for those, you know, top players that want to, go across the pond and, and you know they have to offer over there so um like I said you know like I'm finding lots of guys on video going to watch live games and, and and seeing who's interested to go over there and seeing who's a good fit for Coventry yeah a great opportunity to uh, put your scouting and recruiting into practice there uh, while you continue in other roles and a lot of people will always look at uh, okay you want to get to the NHL you got to go through junior hockey and then move into major junior and a lot of times these European leagues are just looking for help in in different areas and I think that's a great example of a position where you can get some pro experience and, and work on that recruiting, you know, players who are maybe in a little bit of an older age group, especially coming out of youth sports and, uh, you know, gain that same experience, which will help you down the road. So I was definitely interested in, in listening to uh, that experience and your thought process behind that once I came uh, and reviewed it on your resume. So just a great experience overall. And it sounds like uh, a great relationship was built there as well as you were still helping a little bit today. Okay, so now you work with the Trail Smoke Eaters in the BCHL as an assistant coach. Uh, you know, for, for a pretty good league there, let's just talk about how that position came about and how you made your way to Trail and then break down the experience and, and how that has been to date. Yeah, so after my year there um, in Weiwei, I actually went to Kamloops. I went down to Kamloops, BC for for uh, like a coaching clinic, the high performance one coaching clinic. And uh, I went down there, took the course um, and ended up meeting uh, Jeff Tambellini, um, former NHLer who at the time was the head coach of the Trail Smoke Eaters. Um, and he kind of hit it off there. And uh, at the end of it all, uh, he was explaining to me that he was looking for a guy to come out to trail, be his assistant coach, be his D coach. Um, and I jumped at the opportunity. Um, so me and my wife, we made the move from, you know, Dauphin, Manitoba, we were still living there at the time and made the move out to trail. And, and, uh, now it's been three years we've been here. Um, obviously it's a, it's, it's a great community here, great town, great hockey town. Um, you know, there's a lot of history here with the trail smoke eaters, uh, organization. Um, it's been an unbelievable, uh, past couple, uh, seasons here. Uh, we've had some, you know, pretty successful teams with some, you know, high, high end players. And, uh, you know, it's just been a great overall experience. You know, like you said, the BCHL is, is, you know, looked upon as one of the top, you know, junior A leagues, you know, in Canada and in North America. Um, and uh, I said, you know, it's really helped me come in here and learn, find myself as a coach and as a person um, and kind of develop myself too over the past couple of years. Um, and, you know, that speaks for itself with the program trail. We have, 
state-of-the-art facilities here um, and uh, fans are, are second to none you know on a, on a Friday Saturday night on a non-COVID year we were uh, packing the building 25 2600 fans a night and and uh, the best fans in the BCHL type of thing right and and uh, it's just a great program for players to come here and and to develop their skill and to grow like I said is as people and professionals and um, it's been a great three years here so far and uh, just looking forward to, you know to it continuing yeah it's a it's an organization that I've heard a lot about and and for the fan base and uh, the great facilities and, and these kind of things but it's always interesting to hear from an inside perspective um, how the team has treated you and and you make the point again about personal development you know they work on uh, helping the players on the ice but also off the ice and and that translates to the coaching staff and the management staff as well it's a uh, the BCHL really just is a, an overall development league in, in the way that it helps people grow on and off the ice. So definitely was interested in hearing again about the Trail Smoke Eaters and, and your experience of moving to the BCHL. And I also like the, the point that you make about, uh, you know, having your family uprooted again, moving. And, and that's a big point in junior hockey that a lot of people maybe don't take into consideration. You know, it's a lot of moving around. You have to go from province to province and, and taking those positions when they come up. But uh, the commitment's clearly there for you, for you and your family, and, and I'm sure that will lead to future success down the road as well. So maybe now in your position, obviously this season COVID uh, has played a part, and, and we'll talk about that about that a little bit later. But walk us through a week in your position, maybe in a regular season, and uh, just explain some of the things that you do on a day to day basis. Yeah, so like I touched on earlier, I'm a D coach, you know, I played defense when I played and, you know, now I'm a D coach. So, you know, that's my, you know, main role is I handle all the defensemen here in trail. Um, I'm also the strength and conditioning coach. Um, and I'm in charge of all the, you know, like the road trip plannings with the hotels, uh, the meals um, and, and stuff like that. And you've got a non, you know, COVID year, it's, it's a quite busy position where during the week, if we have three or four in different games it's it's me planning the bus me planning the meals me planning the road trips so quite busy and and you know that's kind of separate from the whole coaching side of it and and from the whole strength and conditioning side of it too and you know, like yeah like you know like now this year on a COVID year um I touched on earlier with you know we're you know focused on a lot of development practicing twice a day um you know I have the guys in the gym three four times a week where we're yeah you know working on our strength and conditioning and, and you can on getting better in there as well um but, uh, but yeah, I know it's, you know, pretty busy position. And again, you know, I'm wearing lots of hats here too, where I'm learning, you, yeah, you know, in different aspects, a little bit on the business side, a little bit, like I said, on the strength and conditioning side and, and, you know, like really focusing on my skill as a D coach. Um, and it's really helped me blossom, you know, in my career, um, you know, and learn as a professional. Yeah. I think the, uh, the assistant coach role in junior hockey and, and to be honest with you, right up until the the highest level, you do have so many different roles. And like you said, working a little bit with team services, then also having the strength and conditioning background. And uh, everybody looks maybe to build in one area. And a lot of people get stuck in that mindset early on. But gaining these different titles or, or ability to work in these different roles really will pay dividends as you continue to move into the game and uh you know, because you have those other abilities in your skill set, you were able to get into this role. And uh, again, for people listening, it's just another example of uh, making sure you're well-rounded and taking everything in when you are in a position, because you never know what aspect of your current job will help in that future position. So the BCHL is considered to be a high development league, as we talked about for the NCAA, and a lot of players see a lot of success there. And even at the NHL level, we see we have seen players who've gone through there and 
Um, someone who comes from Newfoundland, Alex Newhook, is a great example of that, of a player that has seen success there recently. Maybe just from your perspective as a coach and, and being a player and, and hearing about it throughout your time in hockey as well, uh, talk about the level of hockey in the league through your eyes and how you've seen it progress over the past few years uh, as a coach. Yeah, you know, like you said, it's it's an unbelievable league, um, and the level is is you know high high end, um, very very competitive. Every team, um, a lot of the top players, you know, from North America recruited to the BCHL. Um, you know, and that being said. Um, I believe every year the BCHL as a whole um, has over, I believe it's 100, 110 NCAA scholarships given out each year, which is outstanding, right? Um, so like you said, it's it's an amazing development league. Um, you know, just to touch on the last couple of years here in trail, last year we had a pretty successful team uh, with some top end players. Uh, we had, uh, you know, 14 division one scholarships last year alone on our team, uh, nine the year before um, and some high end players where we had, uh, uh, Kent Johnson, um, you know, on our team the last couple of years, who uh, who is now in Michigan, um, who's projected to go top five in this year's NHL draft. Um, some other top players, just to name a few, Phil Lapointe, uh, who you you know who again is in Michigan, um, and. Uh, and, and yeah, throughout our program, like I said, we, you know, we've had some guys move on to the NHL level and, and we have any, uh, you know, successful, you know, NCAA careers. Um, but as league as a whole, like I said, it's, 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 you know, such a good league, you know, to come here if you're a player looking to move on to that next level and to that next college level. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I think that we're right up there, you know, like with the USHL um, and, uh, and yeah, like the league is, is, yeah, you know, it's evolving and changing every year. Um, and yeah, like I'm really looking forward to see what this league has to offer, you know, in the next couple of years as it grows and develops too. Yeah, definitely. And anytime you can get 14 players getting a scholarship on the team, uh, that's outstanding. And uh, you mentioned a couple of players there, Kent Johnson being one of them. Uh, a lot of people on the podcast always like to hear um, how these players are maybe before jumping into the NCAA and just from a development point, how much they've grown. So if you can, maybe just go back and talk about uh, Johnson specifically and just what you've seen uh, from a coach being and seeing him day in and day out and talk about his development over the last couple of years. Yeah. So I had him for two years. Um, and again, he was a forward. So he worked with our, our, you know, forward coach with, you know, which was Jeff Tambellini at the time, but um, you know, I still got to see him develop and, and grow as a person and a professional over those two years and um, came into our program, uh, you know, raw skill, uh, high, high, high skill player, you know, very high, you know, hockey IQ and um, came in as a kid and uh, he, you know, got stronger off the ice, got stronger on the ice and he really, uh, you know, blossomed into the player he is today. Um, and uh, last year he had over a hundred points in our league, was a league MVP, won the CJHL top, uh, well, sorry, top forward award, top player award. Um and now he's gone on to Michigan this year and he's had an unbelievable start there. Um, he's got over a point per game there in Michigan this year. And uh, he was just nominated for the Hobie Baker um, award, which we have two other former uh, trail smoke eaters over the past two years as well, uh, which were nominated uh, last week with Braden Tuck, who was our captain two years ago. And then Carson Briere, uh, who was Danny Briere's son. We had him last year on our team as well. Um, so again, it, you know, it just shows that the players that we're producing on a trail, um, helping them develop their skills, um, you know, onto the next level. Yeah. And, and, you know, that development, it clearly is a, a focus of your team, just with the amount of players and the caliber of players that have moved out of the organization. But 
as many people know this year, it's a different situation because, you know, games aren't as normal. And, and when we are on the ice, it's uh, likely very different and the approach is very different. Now, before the conversation here today, me and you talked about it a little bit and, and talked about how your situation is uh, in trail and being able to practice uh, while we navigate through the pandemic. So maybe just talk about how COVID has taken its toll on the BCHL and how you have looked uh, to stay engaged and keep your players engaged throughout this process of kind of waiting for games to get back to normal. Yeah. So yeah, like it's been, you know, pretty tough, like I said to you earlier, uh, you know, keeping these kids engaged, keeping them wanting to come to the rink every day, keeping it fun. Um, we started out in October, November, uh, playing some exhibition games. We were traveling, um, kind of felt, you know, like a little bit like normal. Um, and then that all came to a halt, uh, you know, when provincial restrictions came down. So since then, we've been, you know, still being able to practice, um, you train off the ice, which has been great. And it's been great for their development, um, you know, learning new skills, practicing their skills. Um, so that's great. So, you know, here in trail, uh, we have two ice times a day with a gym session. Um, so we, have, uh, you know, like have like a morning ice usually uh, where it's uh, their skill session or it's position uh, specific. So there's some mornings I'll take the just the D out and work on D specific drills. Uh, there's some mornings that forwards will go out, just work on forward specific stuff, some shooting, some passing, uh, skating, whatnot. Um, and then, you know, in the afternoon, then we'll have like a full team practice. So, you know, here we kind of have the best of both worlds where we're still able to train, still able to come to the rink and, you know, work on these things. Um, but again, obviously disappointing that we're not able to uh, play and then see all our skills and everything come to life that we've been working on. But um, hopefully here in the next uh, month or so, things might, you know, open up a little bit and we'll be able to get some games in. Um, you know, like I said to you earlier, before we started the podcast here, um, hopefully here by, you know, March, mid-March, uh, you know, that we'll be able to get 10, 15 games in and, and, you know, like these kids deserve it. They've been here for five, six months, you know, working and, and, you know, really putting in the time and, and they really deserve some games uh, to go and show what they got and especially show their stuff to, you know, colleges. No, I think that, I think that's a great point. And we've really seen it across the board uh, in the game. And uh, we also made the comment when we were talking earlier about how maybe, you're going to see uh, practice habits and things like that go through the roof once games come back. Because like you said, you, you have two on ice sessions a day, plus a gym session. I mean, when players are going through that kind of um, schedule and are able to keep up at that pace, it's, uh, it's likely not something that will continue when you have, you know, multiple games on a road trip, but at the same time, uh, just building up that work ethic and, and that commitment to the game and, if the passion's there with no games, just imagine what it's going to be like once games are back and they're able to showcase what they've learned and uh, from working with coaches like yourself. And then, like you said, moving into a position where they can then showcase it to uh, prospective teams at the NCAA level or even pro and NHL level. So um, I think that's all something that needs to be taken into consideration. But, you know, whenever you're dealing with a situation like COVID and working through that, it's difficult, but it's great to hear that the players are still staying committed and, uh, still working on their skill sets and not treating it as a, you know, quote unquote wasted year, which, you know, some people in the game are, but I think For the sure. people that are going to be successful are those that continue to move through it and, and come out better on the other end. That's right. Yeah, for sure. And at the same time, when, whenever we're going through something like this, we look for new ways to learn. And a lot of times that can be jumping on a conversation like this and just talking with people in the industry and, and learning from different uh, resources that are out there. And the people at My Hockey Resource, that's the way they think. They have a community on Discord, which talk with coaches like you, analysts like myself, and then people 
in video coaching roles, scouting roles, management, you know, the list is, is really extensive. So for anybody that's looking to get involved and learn in this way, be sure to check out my hockey resource on Twitter and Instagram on that resource platform. A lot of times they talk about different things that you can learn from outside of people, such as articles, books, podcasts, etc. For you personally, Dustin, what are some of your favorite things to reference uh, for these new ideas as we navigate through the pandemic? Yeah, there's a couple books that I've read over the past uh, couple years here that I'd like to touch on. Uh, one being the Mike Babcock uh, Leave No Doubt book. Um, you know, I thought that was a very interesting book. Um, there's a lot of key points in there about leadership and, and you know, running a you know a successful team. Um, took a lot of things from that book. Um, and then another one to touch on uh, was a a book called The Way of a, a Navy Seal by Mark Devine and, uh, you know, really touched on different styles of leadership and how to, you know, handle different situations. And, you know, those are, you know, two books, uh, you know, that I've used here in my career to get, you know, certain points or certain things from, um, you know, and I would highly recommend those, uh, you know, to the listeners um, and to always be learning. Like, you know, that's a big thing too, that, you know, I'm always looking to better myself and different ways that I can help yeah, you know, better my skills as a, you know, as a coach and as a professional. And um, so, you know, I'm always on different hockey sites, learning different drills, uh, you know, different things that I can uh, take and, and, and you, uh, you know, kind of make my own. Uh, so, you know, especially with this year, he said is, is it's been a different year and, and, and it's kind of a down year. Um, so, like I said, I, you know, I've really, you know, taken that time to try and better myself, better my career. Um, and it's only going to make me better too in the long run. Yeah, definitely. And as other coaches look to do the same, it's going to be interesting to see from an information sharing basis and just the way that the game is thought out um, from a coaching and management side, how far advanced it's going to be because of these uh, different outlets for learning and um, different ways to uh, gauge new ideas. But great uh, suggestions there and, and, you know, not even just sports specific, some other things as well, and really just shows the broad way to learn uh, about the game and, and grow as a person as well. Um, you know, a lot of these things and books will talk about it all the time is the importance of mentors or even peer to peer mentors, just people that help push you along and uh, you can learn lean on sorry for new ideas and, and for growth and, and just to have a talk when you need it. So throughout your career, uh, as you've gone through the game here as a player and as a coach, who are some of those mentors who have helped you? And what are some of the lessons that they've taught you to date? Yeah, so I had one uh, coach growing up. Uh, it was my first year junior uh, when I played in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League with the Southeast Blades, and uh, and his name is Ray Newfeld. He's an ex-NHL player, played with the Winnipeg Jets back in the day, Hartford Whalers, uh, just to name a few teams. And and uh, you know he was a real uh, you know great coach, players coach, a guy that I took a lot from. Um, player at, at the time and and now as a professional you know me and Ray we still have a pretty good relationship where we talk quite frequently I can still bounce ideas off him kind of keep in touch with him and and uh, he's you know such a smart hockey mind um, and you know he, yeah he's really helped me mold myself and now as a coach you know I've really tried to mold myself after how he was um, and uh, said he was he was probably one of the best coaches I had uh, you know growing up and you know I took a lot from him and uh, yeah like on a more you know recent mentor would be uh, Jeff Tamblini who I touched on but earlier there who uh, who I coached with here in trail for the past two years um, and he recently just moved on uh, he's a scout now with the Tampa Bay Lightning um, and he was another guy who 
you know, obviously lived it, played in the NHL. Um, and he was just great hockey mind, uh, you know, professional and, you know, a super nice uh, person. And I've taken a lot from him. I learned a lot from him. And, uh, and, and, and again, you know, I take a lot of things from both those uh, guys in, in, in Jeff and Ray. And, you know, I uh, take them into my career and to, uh, yeah, you know, like into myself now, um, you know, every day. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting there as well, just to note that one of those people w- were with you more recently in trail, but the other one was even a coach when you were still a player. And uh, everybody thinks that it's not until you move into those higher positions that these people really stand out. But even as a player and, and you know, personally thinking back, I can even remember minor hockey coaches that uh, played a part in, in my development. So there's all these different people along the way and sometimes they're directly uh, influencing you or maybe it's just something they've said or or the, you know, being open to having you talk with them and, and different things along those lines. So great to hear that you had those uh, key mentors and that they were able to help you uh, move through the industry, both as a player and then as a coach. Returning the favor and looking back, maybe talking to yourself when you were still a player or maybe someone who's in a similar position, taking that little break between playing and then moving into coaching or a role similar to that. What's one piece of advice that you would give them in hopes that they would be successful in the world of coaching and hockey operations? Uh, That piece of advice would be never stop learning. Uh, You know, like, yeah, like I said, when I first came in, you know, as you know, from a player to a coach, I was blown away by how different, yeah, like the coaching side of the game was from a player, like from a player, you see it in one aspect, but from a coach, you see it in a totally different aspect. And um, I had no idea how much there was to learn on, on, different systems you know different things hockey related and um yeah so that would be you know like one major you know key that i would say is never stop learning there's always more to learn you can always better yourself um and you know every coach that i've coached with here in my in my young coaching career of five years has taught me something different um you know i've taken something from you know every one of them um and kind of used you know something from each guy to kind of better myself today and you know things that i've used today um so that's the yeah so that's the key that i would say is, is you know never stop learning and uh, yeah always better yourself um and uh, yeah you know that would be it there yeah the continual learning is such a key aspect and and even if you get to a role where you're happy and comfortable and you know, I've even heard of people that maybe aren't in a position where they want to move on to the next level. That doesn't mean you have to stop learning. You can still become better at the level you're in. And um, as the game evolves, it's always good to stay on top of it and evolve as a coach as well. So a really great piece of advice there, Dustin, and one that I think people will continue to look at as they move in through their own careers. So with that, I just want to thank you again for joining me on the podcast and, and talking about the BCHL and your position and some of the different experiences you've had as a player and a coach and, you know, hopefully things continue to go well in BC and and we're able to get back into game situations. And I wish you all the best moving forward. Well, thanks for having me, Ryan. I really enjoyed coming on. Uh, Take care. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. All the best. I'd like to thank Dustin for coming on the podcast today and speaking about his career to date. It's always great to get a perspective from a different league, and when you can talk about elite players, it makes it that much better. If you would like to get in touch with Dustin to learn about his experiences, I encourage you to reach out to him directly, or you can contact HockeyMindsPodcast at Outlook.com, and I can help make that connection for you. Next on the podcast, I'll be joined by Keith McCambridge, associate coach with the Vancouver Giants. A coach with a ton of experience, 
Keith breaks down his career, which includes a championship-winning season as both a player and an assistant coach at the same time. So listen to that one later this week. Once again, thank you everyone for supporting the podcast, and a special thank you to those who have joined on for the Hockey Minds Conference. The event is continually growing, with a number of guests to be announced, so be sure to get on the emailing list today. As always, stay safe, and all the best.